0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Be careful of possessing a gift and then comparing yourself to someone else with the same gift. Uh, The Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but it comes from the Lord. And there have been times, there'll be times where God will put someone more gifted under someone less gifted to raise them up and send them out. Be careful that you don't rush out because you're so gifted. Be careful that you hang in there and let the Lord do whatever he's doing in your life in that, in that period of time.
0: In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that comparison is the thief of your joy. Be honest. We've all compared ourselves to someone else many times before and likely it didn't benefit you at all. When it comes to the gifts that God gives you, it could be easy to see someone who's on a stage and think that their gift is better than yours, working in childcare, for example. But God, in His infinite wisdom, chose you to receive the specific gift that you have because it serves a unique purpose in the kingdom of God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Aaron could have, Mary could have started off saying, Is it God speaking? Whoa, 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 don't talk about Him like that. That's God's servant. Let's don't do that. Let's don't go there. He didn't do that. He was like, "Mm -hmm, I know. I mean, he spoke to you then. He spoke to me over here. He just went right along with it. And so, again, every good gossip, they need some trash can ears. And you be careful about that, that you don't that you're not that person, that you don't got a bunch of folk calling you from week to week throwing up in your ears and dumping on you and you're listening, taking it in because what did God tell them? What did we read at the end of verse two? That the Lord heard it. And what are we going to see in verse nine? It made him angry. And so when you're gossiping yourself, God hears it and he don't like it. And we are partaking as a listener. He hears it and he don't like it. And so what you want to do is have no part of it. You don't want to be a part of the program at all. You want to speak edifying things. You want to speak things that build up. What you want to be excited about is when God is doing something great in some brother or sister's life, get on the phone and tell that. Call somebody and say, man, I was ministering with, I met with this brother right here, and, and, and God has just done such a great thing. God took him from here and took him to there, and God's doing this in his life. And speak those things. Build up. Let that be your conversation. Let, let the things that you're speaking about people behind their back be things that if they were to hear it, they would feel good about it. And that, that's, 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 a you know, you could talk about someone behind their back in such a way That if they were to hear what you said behind their back, they'd be like, he said that about me? They'd be be feeling all good about it. They'd be built up. And or you could talk about people behind their back in such a way that if they heard it, they'd be like, they said that about me? It'd be a whole different attitude uh, based on what you said. Be careful how we talk about people. Uh, in their face, because some of y'all are, I tell them to their face, you know, and it's not, it's not any better when you say bad things to somebody's face behind their back. Be careful how we talk about one another. Uh, we're called to edify, to build up. Again, I got to point out that what motivated this negative interaction? Their own envy, their own feeling that maybe it's not fair that Moses is, you know, being the one that's elevated and, and looked to, and, and, and here we're gifted too. Here, here we have some gifts and anointings as well. Here God has spoken prophetically through me as well. And so how come he's the main one when I have that same thing? Be careful of that. Be careful of possessing a gift and then comparing yourself to someone else with the same gift. Uh, the Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but it comes from the Lord. And there have been times, there'll be times where God will put someone more gifted under someone less gifted to raise them up and send them out. Be careful that you don't rush out because you're so gifted. Be careful that you hang in there and let the Lord do whatever he's doing in your life in that, in that period of time. And so verse, verse 9 now it says, so the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and it says, and he departed. I thought that was interesting. Not only was God angry, he departed. His presence came down. He was there in a present way, but he left. He was angry. He confronted them, and he left. Um, now, now the discipline of the punishment is is going to go forth. And so, um, again, I, as I was just reading through it, I was outlining it. I wrote down one that, I'm sorry, yeah, I wrote down one that their envy brought the work of God to a halt, verse 2. I wrote down from verses 4 through 8 that it was a big enough deal, a big enough problem for God to come down and to have a personal meeting with them to deal with it. And then I wrote down number 3, verse 9, it made God angry. It angered God that they were talking about his servant Moses in the way that they were. It didn't please him. It angered him. Look at verses 10 through 12 now. And when the cloud departed from the tabernacle, from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, oh, oh, oh my Lord. Now he's calling him Lord. Oh, my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. So God's presence departs and Miriam turns into a leper on the spot. Uh, for you guys that don't know what leprosy is, it's not something we deal with in our culture today. But leprosy was in this in the biblical time. That was the age of their day. Uh, it was a disease that would surely bring death. it was one of the most um, it was a very nasty disease to die of basically your skin uh, it rotted on you so lepers had a foul smell lepers were cast outside the camp they had to be separated from everybody else as a leper she wasn't gonna be able to serve anymore. she was gonna be cast out, separated from family, die a terrible miserable death I mean it, it's just it was a it was a horrific thing to have. There was no medicinal medical cure for leprosy. Uh, the only cure throughout scripture for leprosy was a divine touch, a touch from God himself. And so, Miriam's a leper. Now, what do you think Aaron, standing next to Miriam, seeing her become a leper, what do you think he's thinking It's about to happen to him? He's like, so I look at this intercession and this plea, but it don't sound real sincere. I think, I think this has more to do with him than her. If you're standing next to her, your sister, y'all was in this thing together. God just put both of y'all on the carpet and she got it first. And he said, as soon as he looked over and saw that she was leprous, he said, oh no, my Lord. He's teasing. He got Moses, got all respect in the world. He calling him Lord now. He said, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done. Now, at least he confesses. He says, in which we have done foolishly. Uh, which we have sinned. He he acknowledged his sin. I got to point that out. He confessed. He, he called what he did what it is. He said, we sinned. He knew he sinned. He knew he messed up. And he looking at her become a leper. And I, I believe he was scared, not for her. It was like, oh my God, look at her. What's going to happen to me? Now, some people I read suggested that that Aaron didn't become a leper because it would have interfered with his priestly service and so maybe his position uh, granted him. Some people suggested that Miriam got it because she was the spokesperson. She was the one that led the whole thing. Um, It doesn't really tell us why and as you read it through kind of what happens: she becomes a leper, he cries out and the very next verse, Moses is going to intercede for them both. And this says so much about moses right what if somebody was talking bad about you talking bad about you and then you heard about it but but when you were hearing about it they were being called on the carpet for it you were like where is they said that about me but they get in trouble for it right now how many of you would be like no i don't do that to them let, let, let them off the hook no I, I don't want them to lose their job behind that how many of you would step back and be like hmm, mm-hmm, get them god get them you know that's the lord showing you you know consider our hearts, right? Uh, like, how would we handle that? And, um, I was thinking of this, there was a, a situation when, um, I had a job, I think just before, before Harmony was born, it was the last job I had before I went to work at a church. And as I worked there, there was a guy, there were some guys in the, in the, uh, in the warehouse that were, I was trying to be a witness. These guys were trying to poke fun and we had this situation where the, the guy got under my skin, and um, he asked me this whole, you know, bunch of questions that were biblical questions. But he was leading up to this big punchline joke that he had. And one of the guys was—he was actually a, a part-time comedian, not a very good one, but he was. And so we, we get all the way to the end of this thing when I—and I'm thinking that I'm, I'm witnessing, I'm talking about creation and all this stuff—and he's asking me all these questions, and we're going, and we get to the end, and I realize it's a joke. I have this look on my face, like. I'm, I'm, I'm upset, I'm angry, but I'm saved. And I was still, I was not newly saved, but I was still just a few years in. So it was, I, I had a look on my face. And so the supervisor saw me and she called me and she's like, what happened? I was like, nothing. And she said, no, something happened. I've never seen you upset. What happened? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I wouldn't say what happened. So I go the next day and the guys that had this interaction have both been demoted. And now I was like, wow. Because at the same time, I was on my way. I was getting a promotion. I was moving out to another area. But I remember seeing it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you guys here at church. I didn't go back and say, no. No, let's no, he's got a family. Please. You know, I, I, I just was like lord taking care of me You know I and mean? i was like you know the the vengeance is mine i would praise you, says the lord i'm good i didn't say that that's that was that's honestly how i handled it so now as i read this i'm like I, maybe i should have interceded you know maybe i should have said no, i wasn't that bad you know um she actually got them to tell what they did so i never told they told them themselves you know but um so i read this here and moses actually interceded for them um Aaron cries out to Moses, and again, I think he's worried about himself more than anything else, but verse 13. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please heal her, O God, I pray. Such a simple prayer. Take note of that. You guys look at TBN, Christian TV. When there's going to be a healing and they got to bring you up on the stage and make a big show and a big fuss and they got to walk them back and forth and run them this way and run them that way and let them hobble on the cane and do this and that and all this different thing. They got to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's what, just notice the simplicity here. Moses said, Lord, please heal her. Lord, oh, Lord, I pray. That's it. That's a prayer. And God hears it. and He's going to heal her. Know that the power of prayer is not in all the yelling and the screaming and the, all the other stuff, it's just communicating with the Lord. The power is in who you're speaking to. That's where the power's at. The power all lies with him. It's not more powerful prayer if you scream it. It's not a more powerful prayer if you jump up and down and flap like a chicken while you do it. This is a powerful prayer because a man that's connected to God is crying out to God in sincerity. And God hears him. And so I just want to note that Moses cried out such a simple prayer. Lord, he said, please heal her. Oh, God, I pray. And the very next verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days and afterwards she may be received again. And so in that culture, if you disrespected your parents or there was a if you didn't fulfill some some commitment or some vow and your father spit in your face, you would be considered unclean and put outside the camp for seven days. And so God says, look, Moses. Moses is saying, Lord, let her off the hook completely. God says, no, 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 hold on, man. At least I'm a healer, but she's going to still be unclean seven days. For at least, it's, it's, he said, if her dad had spit in her face. Now, we, 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 read, we read that and that don't make any sense to us because why is her dad spitting in her face? You know, like, what, whatever could she have done to deserve that sort of thing? You know, that's not a common thing in our culture. So that's what he's saying. You know, if her dad is spitting in her face, if she had messed up with her dad and he spit in her face in disapproval, she would at least be kept out the camp seven days. For all you fathers with daughters, read this with them. Next time I disapprove, next time I'm unhappy, um, I don't suggest you spit in their face. But, you know, God is saying she's at least going to have that. That she's going to be kept outside for seven days. It's going to be an example is going to be made. And and so there's mercy there. God does heed his requests to have her for her to be for, for her to be healed. Um, but God says, now she's going to be left out for seven days. He said and afterwards she could be received again. Verse 15. So Miriam was shut up out of the camp seven days and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people moved from Hazareth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. So a couple of things that are really important at the end here. Uh, I want you to look at the different, <laughs> the different type of intercession. Um, I believe that Aaron's intercession was very self. Um, it, it, was, it, it had to do with himself more than with her, I believe. Uh, he cried out to Moses and he's interceding that, you know, please don't let this happen. To us. Please don't let this sin against us. You know, we messed up. We sinned. He confessed. I believe in fear of what was going to come against him, uh, what was going to happen to him as well. But I will say this, that some people are moved uh, to pray, and, but their prayers are motivated by what they want. James talks about this. He says, you, you, you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss to spend it all up on yourselves. Something interesting with prayer is that when we pray, God knows even the motive of the prayer, you know, when when I'm crying out. But again, as I look at that, I also look at the sincerity of Moses' prayer as he intercedes and God hears him right away. And again, Aaron wasn't praying. He was crying out to Moses, but Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord Lord heard. And so what's your heart towards those that would be perceived as an enemy? Somebody talking bad about you, doing wrong for you. When something bad happens to them, could you? Insincerity from a healthy place, pray for them like, and mean it. Somebody do you wrong, you find out they had a car accident and totaled their car, do you, do, you get, do, you, do you get a little snicker on the inside? Does that feel good? Do you, do you feel like, mm-hmm, that's what they get. Now now, now let's see how they walk into work here. Or is your heart, you have a heart for those that do you wrong? We want to grow into a place where we have God's heart, Right? God loves his enemies. He prays for those that do him wrong. From the cross as he hung there, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we don't naturally have that, but we want to grow into that. We want to be people that grow into a place where, in, in a genuine way, that we would love our enemies. we love those that have, that have come against us, that have done us wrong. So, like Moses does, he prays there. I think it's important to note at the end, as we've mentioned earlier, that the work had come to a halt. They were supposed to be going somewhere. They ain't going nowhere because they're having all this inner turmoil and all this stuff that's happening in between them. And it's interesting that once this is dealt with, it says now they get going again. Again, in verse 15, Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days. So nobody journeyed or went anywhere until she came back. And when this is all this whole thing was finally finished, and afterward, the people move from Hazareth and they camped in the wilderness of Paran. They finally get moving again, once all the stuff's dealt with. I think it's important for us to note over and over again how that the big deal, the big picture, the work that God wants to do, how that it comes to a screeching halt when those that are supposed to be doing the work are messing up. Rather they're sinning, rather they're over here complaining, rather they're you know, beefing with one another. When those that are supposed to be busy doing the work have lost sight of the Lord and the work, it comes to a halt. Nothing goes anywhere. No movement, no victories, no successes. And so we want to all be careful. I can't, I can't, you know, everybody here, we can't represent the whole group, but we all represent a part. We're part of the body of Christ. And so the part that you are, you want to make sure that you're a healthy part of the body. An edifying, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, people-loving part of the body of Christ. As we close, I wanted to give two things. So what's the what's the remedy for envy? If envy is an error and it is an error to envy other people to be desiring what someone else has, to want someone else's position, or to be unhappy that someone else is elevated instead of me, what's the remedy to being an envious person? I want you to, we're going to look at two sections of scripture and then we're going to close. Turn to Psalm 73 and we're going to look there first and then we're going to look at Romans 12. So, psalm 73 and then we're going to turn to romans 12 psalm 73 is a psalm of asaph and i'm going to read i'm going to begin in verse one it says truly god is good to israel to such as are pure in heart but as for me my feet had almost stumbled my steps had nearly slipped listen to what he says in verse three for i was envious of the boastful when i saw the prosperity of the wicked For there are no pains in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, their pride serves as a necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bold with abundance. They have more than heart could wish for. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here. And waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long, I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said I would speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue in this generation of your children." When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. And I just want to stop there. He's looking at the wicked. He said, I was envious of the wicked. It looks like the wicked just have it so good. Their eyes are bulging with abundance. They don't get sick. They live long. They are rich. They got money. They're scoffing at God and they're getting away with it. He's like, maybe I got, maybe I cleansed myself in vain. Maybe my walking holy has been for nothing. But notice this, what he says, the remedy for getting stumbled by this, because again, he said my feet had nearly slipped. He says in verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places and cast them down to their struggles You know, you know what I got? The remedy for envy for him was, he said, when I went into the sanctuary of God, when I went to church, when I went into the fellowship, when I got back into a place where God was communing with me and I was hearing from God, I got reminded of their end. And he was envious when he was looking at what they were doing right now. But he says God reminded him that they're in slippery places. They're not going to heaven when it's all said and done. And so God reminded him of their end. And so for him, the remedy was Get back, get get his perspective back on the Lord. God gave him a clear perspective. God reminded him of their end. And so if you find yourself envious of the wicked, per se, not not just envious envious of the wicked, those that are doing wrong, feeling like they just got it going on, it's going so great. Don't forget that you have it great. The believer has it great. We have a hope that won't be taken away from us. We have a promise of heaven. Now, the second one is, is in... Uh, Romans 12 15 we covered it a few weeks back and again I believe this is also a remedy for envy Um, be it in the body of Christ be it among other believers be it among those that are doing well verse Romans 12 15 says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep an envious person will weep when someone's rejoicing and they'll rejoice when someone else is weeping And God says, no, I want you to rejoice with those that are rejoicing. And I want you to weep with those who weep, that our hearts would be in tune. And when my brother or my sister is elevated or succeeding or doing well from a really good, from a really sincere place in my heart, I should be able to rejoice with them, and be happy with them for what God is doing and rejoice. And when a brother or sister is doing poorly, Or things aren't going well. They're going through difficulty and they're weeping. I should be from a sincere place able to weep with them and to feel their pain and to walk with them through that. Um, But God says we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those that weep. And again, I believe both of these things will remedy us. That that As as I try to incline my heart to where my brother, where my sister is, it doesn't really leave place for me to be in an opposing position towards them. A reminder of a few things that... God didn't like what they had done that them, them speaking negatively about Moses was a big enough deal for God to come down and visit them himself and call a meeting it brought the work that God wanted to do to a halt it made God angry and the last two things envy only hurts those that are envious right Moses was not hurt in this whole chapter he only said a, he only said a couple things he prayed Right. Moses was okay. Those people that you're envious against or having a hard time with. Rarely are they hurt by it. It's usually the person that's putting off the venom that ends up being hurt by it. Um, Envy hurts those that are envious. And last thing is Moses allowed God to deal with them and left himself in a place to be able to love them right? Moses never spoke against them for what they had done. Moses didn't defend himself. He didn't say, well, God's speaking to me mainly because of you guys are messed up. Aaron, you and that golden calf. He he didn't do any of that. He just said, he didn't, he didn't say anything to defend himself. The one thing he said was a prayer for them. And that's a note for maybe someone that might have someone speak against you. Uh, Be better to let God defend you and leave yourself in a place where you can be loving toward those that are doing you wrong
0: that's all we have time for today on a transforming word thanks for tuning in pastor bill buffington has been teaching through the book of numbers and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you in this book you see how god dealt with sin and disobedience in the israelite camp but you also get a sense of how god delights in obedience and a soft heart the people then were no different than people today it's all human nature plague with the curse of sin, but God didn't leave their side, and He remains by your side today. So if you're ever in doubt about God's goodness, faithfulness, or steadfastness, be reminded that God cares about you, loves you, and is there for you. We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Numbers, and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in listening to additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website, at CalvaryEnglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Englewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryEnglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. Then you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryEnglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience, and we pray you continue to look to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to catch our next edition of A Transforming Word.